Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got Rihanna Milne. I'm really excited to have Rihanna on. She's a life, love, trauma, recovery, and mindset coach. So welcome, Rihanna. Thank you for having me, Lynn. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be here. Now, Rihanna, you are a person who studied a lot around childhood trauma and how there is a direct correlation to the relationships we end up attracting. So tell us more about initially what got you into this and why you're doing what you're doing. Well, I've been a psychotherapist since year 2000. So 22 years, August will be starting 23. And just that it so happened that my work took me into a lot of traumatic places. I worked in a mental health unit in a hospital for kids five through 19. I worked as a trauma coach in the schools for grades K, kindergarten, all the way through college. So every level where I was dealing with upset kids and they all came from traumatized homes. Um, I also worked in drug and alcohol facilities as an LCADC, so teens with addiction and also women from the prison system. And then I went through two love traumas. And the second one, I had a question, why am I attracting uh, uh, toxic men? What's the issue? I'm a nice lady. I'm smart. I'm a great mom. I'm a good friend, you know, um, honorable and live in integrity. So I couldn't understand it. And I went to seven therapist friends of mine and they were all shocked over what my ex had done and I needed to heal myself. So I started doing the research and the research showed me the direct correlation of childhood trauma is what I called it in 2012 when I developed the childhood trauma checklist. So it's a combination of my experience and then my love traumas and healing myself that created and is the foundation of my coaching programs I do globally. Oh, wow. That's an excellent resume you've got there, Rihanna. So I think you're perfectly qualified to talk us through what you've actually learned as a result of all that experience. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, later years, they um, did offer a CCTP, Certified Clinical Trauma Professional. It's like, oh, I got to take this because this is what I am already. So I'm advanced in that now, CCTP. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was so life shattering to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, people need to know this. And at the time, I was at just a local practice outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Then I moved to Delray Beach, Florida. And it's like, I have to take my message to the world. So that's when I started talking about childhood trauma. I even had other therapists saying, you're making this up. This isn't true. And it's like, yes, it is. I just happened to do the deep research. It will reach around the world eventually. So I was one voice out there talking about this since 2015 on podcasts, which were fairly new back then. Yeah. But um, I correlated this list so that my clients could easily identify if they had trauma or not. So I'll go through what the top 10 are. There's more than that. Uh, I just want to preface it with childhood trauma is no one's fault. It's just that we are a product of our environment. And as children, we pick up the norms of what our parents show and tell us. 
And then during the way, we have these bumps in the road that really do impact us as an adult. Um, also, that shows that it goes through at least three generations and it can impact our gene uh, expression. They showed in the research that offspring from the Holocaust tend to be a whole lot more anxious than the normal population because, you know, their ancestors suffered with such um, stress and trauma during that time. So it's really a fascinating study and there's always more and more research coming out on this. But the top 10 traumas that you might have gone through um, in your home or your environment or in schools, top one is, um, and they're now in particular order, but number one is if you grew up with any addiction in your household. So uh, being an addictions counselor also, I named 12 of them. So drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater, porn use, hoarding, eating, spending, gaming, gambling, TV watching, workaholism. I think I got all of them. <laughs> Number <two. laughs> well remembered to be yeah, that any kind of addictive behavior was present in the household. Number two is verbal messaging. So what how you watched your parents settle an argument, if they were yelling and screaming at each other as you were growing up, if they yelled at you, if they shut down and were mad at you for days or hours at a time, meaning they passive aggressive behavior. If you did not hear the words, I love you, or get verbal accolades, like I'm proud of you, kiddo, I saw you did your best, things like that. Um, uh, the baby boomer generation, many of us did not hear the words, I love you from your from our parents. It was just not done back then. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I can vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it leads to your sense of self-esteem. So really important to know as a parent, what to do so that you don't evoke this in your, your own children. Okay, number three is emotional abuse or neglect. Number four is any physical abuse, beating up, being beat up, rape or molestation that could have happened inside or outside of the home. Next one is around abandonment. Uh, and, and I identify fault or no fault. So a no fault abandonment is if a parent happened to die early, they had to leave the household to serve their country at war. Yeah. Or um, they traveled a lot to support the family. And that to them was doing a good thing. But there could be some emotional abandonment around that parent leaving all the time. And then fault abandonment is never being in your child's life. Being in the life of the child while the couple was married or together. And the last one is you're present. You live there, but you're not emotionally connected. Meaning you're not going to your kids school events or sport events and really supporting them in their efforts. Okay. So that's abandonment, big one there. Um, next one is if you were adopted part of the foster care system or had to go live in another household, your parents couldn't care for you. That's even could be grandma and aunt or family friends, but you were sent away because of, you know, whatever reasons. Number seven is one that most people identify with that's called personal trauma. And that's if you remember being just different in any way. You might have had a medical issue like asthma or identified in the schools as ADHD, meaning there was a label on you and you felt different. Um, you might have, and believe me, being that I was a trauma counselor, most of those kids just came from trauma. There wasn't an attention deficit. It was they came in with their cortisol system so high that uh, when cortisol is high, memory and focus is down. 
So I was very early on doing meditation in my office with these kids and their grades went up, Good their behavior problems went down, you know, so better than tablets. Yeah. Knowing trauma really helps kids in the school. If you know how to heal that and work with the brain around healing the trauma. Um, the next one is, uh, Let's go on to more personal trauma. If you are coming out as LGBTQ and not accepted by your family or your peers, you might have been the only African-American in an all-Caucasian school, so it could be racial or cultural, feeling mm-hmm. different, um, and being bullied. You know, So there's a lot around personal trauma people could identify with. Number eight is sibling trauma, meaning your sibling bullied you or they were born with a medical issue. So that commanded more of moms and dads time away from you. Um, or, you know, they were known and seen by you as the golden child, the favored one of the family. And for some reason you felt you couldn't measure up. So it could be the star athlete, more handsome, more beautiful, or the star student. Okay, number nine actually has two. I had to bring down number 11. Because when I developed this list, um, uh, looking back then, this was not so prevalent. But now it's the number one trauma most people are dealing with, which is community trauma. Look at what's happened in our world since COVID. Yeah. 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 And, And the political atmosphere and, you know, all of this community, people are suffering with everything going on. Um, This is also our mother nature events, floods, fires, hurricanes, um, anything that's impacting the community at large. Then the other part of nine is family trauma. So, of course, community trauma impacts the family, but also this could be if a parent was incarcerated, if you grew up in a dangerous environment, if uh, you remember suffering with a lot of lack or lack messages, we don't have the money for this or that, and there was like a lot of lack in the household. Um, it could have been if you were part of military family and had to move a lot, you know, so there's a lot around family issues as well. And number 10 is mental health illness and mom or dad and the baby boomers. Our parents didn't really go to counseling. So we have to guess. And the two most difficult for kids to grow up around is bipolar and borderline personality disorder. So briefly borderline means, um, quick mood change. Sometimes they're good. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid and they can get mad at a second's notice over something nobody else would get mad at. So this keeps a child very anxious growing up with a borderline parent. And then bipolar is manic depressive. So a manic phase could be high and happy, but it's often mixed with an addiction like a gambling spree or spending spree. And then depression can show up as anger, checking out emotionally or extreme fatigue. So those are the top 10 traumas that if you grew up with any of that, after we identify what they are, we also look at severity levels on a one to 10 scale. And then once I know that, I piece together what's going on in your adult life right now, why you're suffering in life, like ongoing anxiety, bouts of depression, uh, lack of confidence, fear-based negative thinking, uh, struggling on the employment issues, you know, unhappy, but you stay in your job, so you stay stuck. Um, and also the love relationship dynamic. If you're struggling in love, there's huge correlations there. I love the fact, Rihanna, that you said, um, you know, this, this can go through the generations and, and give the example of, um, you know, ancestors uh, from the Holocaust impacting current um, generations today. 
because yes. I do when I speak to some women here that you know they grew up in a happy household for example and they can't understand why they would you know have any issues let's say but like you say sometimes it's inherited stuff that's in our generationally in our bodies isn't it that's sometimes manifested out, outwardly that we're not even aware of correct if you had an anxious mom in utero you know she was under trials tribulations struggle a difficult marriage then you tend to be born an anxious baby and I yeah. 100% get that and uh, you know that, that was my understanding without sort of really um, I suppose not being able to have an answer you know my, my automatic thinking was well perhaps you know it's a generational thing for you that you've inherited yeah yeah very much so so uh, having recognized that you know it's either something that might have been a generational thing that's been inherited in terms of childhood trauma or something that you can actually identify from that list specifically what, well what... let's go into love relationships and yes. how that because yeah. that makes sense to a lot of people who's struggling in love. Well, if you're jealous or ha- tend to be controlling of your partner, that's a sign of a lack of trust and self-confidence and that you think maybe your partner wants another because what you offer is not good enough. So you might hold on too tight or try to control your partner's actions. And this comes from trauma number seven, personal trauma and your verbal messaging. And of course, any emotional trauma and neglect and then into abandonment. So that's where that comes from. If you have a lot of abandonment issue, this could lead to clinginess, anxiety when your partner is gone, reaching out to talk to other attention. If your partner says no to intimacy that night and you feel rejected instead of just understanding, they're just not feeling up to it, mm-hmm. not taking it personal. This is from abandonment issues. Also codependency is from abandonment issues. If you grow up with a lot of anger, yelling and screaming, you are tend to yell and act out that way yourself when you're not getting your way or there's an issue and you don't know how to deal with it because it wasn't modeled to you how to communicate properly through an issue. Um, those with unhealed trauma can be impulsive, taking risky choices that destroy the relationship or your partner, seeking out, again, um, affairs to feel better about yourself. Men can show a lot of perfectionism where um, women tend to have a lot of blaming behavior or both can have blaming behavior. My women tend to do a lot of people pleasing when they grew around difficult parents, let's say an alcoholic father that was a yeller. So they would always try to please them, overdo for them. Um, So this is a woman that might tend to overdo for her husband and her children. Nobody's doing back for her. That leads to burnout and resentment, obviously. And the boundaries are so stretched that there's no time for herself, but she's so used to that pattern of people pleasing just to keep the peace in the household. So, you know, it's growing up with a lot of cheap drama, we call it. Um, And some of those people that do seek out higher stimulation of cheap drama, like sexually acting out um, or seeking power. Um, Those with a lot of traumas and high severity levels, we see the levels of sociopathy, which means using another for pleasure, profit or lifestyle advancement especially growing up poor and wanting a better lifestyle. So they'll use another for that. 
narcissism is at the high end of the scale as well. And of course, the highest end is psychopathy. Yeah. And I do think, unfortunately, today, a lot of women label men narcissists or sociopaths when actually probably they're not <laughs> specifically. And, and uh, you know, they might have a one or two maybe bad behaviors that, that they've uh, labeled that. But I think, you know, for somebody to be a true narcissist or sociopath, that, that's really extreme, but it seems to be commonplace now to, to label any sort of um, negative behavior, especially women to men, uh, as being yeah, a, a narcissist. It tends to be the buzzword narcissist of the day. Um, it is true. More men are considered narcissists than female, according to research. And they're saying like two out of five singles when you're out there dating could be narcissistic sociopathic. Um, obviously, you know, it's picking up a lot online. There's a lot of online rules that I teach my people to make sure that they're careful. Um, so you really need to know what you're doing in dating world today. It's, it's not just go out and fall in love by chemistry, which is the worst way to fall in love because the chemistry is what your mind and psyche knows. Your brain likes to stay in homeostasis, meaning it likes what it knows. So if you grow up with that difficult parent, uh, you're going to be tending to attract that. That's the chemistry buzz. Um, and the brain cannot decipher, is this a good partner or a bad partner? It's, it's the butterflies that most people go with because that's how we were taught to fall in love, right? Yeah. From the romance novels and the, the movies. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot to learn. It's not about the chemistry. Yes, there has to be an attraction factor. Eventually you're making love to this person, but it can't be that. You have to look much deeper. I call the chemistry, the icing on the cake. It's a very thin part of what's important. The cake is the most important. And without the cake, you've got nothing. Absolutely. Right. So the chemistry uh, has to not be the number one priority. I tend to, um, you know, describe it as that sometimes in relationships, you might have the passion, the attraction, the intimacy, but it might be from a place of fear and lack, like you was talking about, and, and what I call the unhealthy, and because uh, I talk about energy, the masculine and feminine energy, and it, 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 for me, that comes from a place of unhealthy masculine and feminine energy, whereas you can still have that same attraction, passion, and intimacy but you know it's where you come from a more of a place of exuding that love and safety and security and confident energy uh, and that's when you get those healthy relationships rather than toxic ones i think it's really all about healing the childhood trauma wounds that is important uh, a lot of us today especially women have a lot of masculine and feminine traits and i say that's perfectly fine i have a lot of masculine in me but hey, I dress up in a dress on the weekends and wear jewelry and I've got my feminine side out for the night. But the masculine is something great to embrace. I mean, I grew up between two brothers. I was a tomboy, but it also gives you courage and, and the you know, ability to be the entrepreneur. And you know, for me as a single mom, be mother father to my daughters and support yes. them you know, style I wanted them to. So I love my masculine side. Um, but the toxic relationships really come from two people who have unhealed childhood wounds yeah. that don't know the skills to talk through the issues. And that's OK. We weren't taught that. Um, you know, some of the other things we see uh, is low trust, poor understanding of social cues and interactions, 
difficulty forming relationships, even with your children or peers to have a lot of friends. Um, and they attract these cycles of abuse uh, and neglect. And, um, you know, we want to make sure they're not attracting any more of these toxic or narcissistic type partners. And the research shows every relationship, we call it the 90 day rule, is usually great and passionate, and wonderful in the first 90 days. And then as soon as people start relaxing or getting a little bit more committed, so that could be engagement, moving in together, marriage, or having a child, then the toxic things start to becoming more evident with stress. Um, and that's why, you know, we take things slow. You ask these certain questions. There's like 24 questions that my clients know to ask on date one or two. So if they know if it's a one and done date or they're moving forward because we know everyone has childhood trauma, but did they do something to heal it? You know, have they looked into that and, and healed that for themselves? Um, because without it, you're going to see some, you know, maybe aggression or poor impulse control, um, sexually ass acting out, drug and alcohol misuse or other addictions, poor self-regulation and boundaries. You know, so there's a lot to know. And physically, uh, healing childhood trauma is major. The Kaiser Permanente study with over 17,000 uh, people uh, who are overweight people uh, from childhood trauma. They did a study over time and they showed if this trauma was not healed, it led to sleep disorder, poor immune system functioning. So fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome, cardiovascular disease, IBS, shorter lifespan. So healing the trauma for overall health, happiness, and wellness is essential. And it's important that we have two emotionally healthy people yeah. coming into the relationship to make that emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious relationship. That's super important. Yeah, I absolutely. hundred percent agree. You know, healing um, the trauma and any baggage that you may have um, not really consciously maybe picked up from experiencing poor relationships in the past as well, that yeah. all need to be looked at before actually thinking about a new relationship and you know your singledom is a great time really to actually focus on self isn't it and embrace that single time to actually look at all this stuff to make sure you're in the best position to attract the healthiest relationship possible next time exactly too many people make the mistake there should be saying get back up in the saddle in other words you came right out of a toxic relationship jump back out there and date and make yourself feel better well, that's one of the worst things you can do because you're going to track a similar type. And doing that over and over again, we call that RRS, Relationship Repetition Syndrome. So by the time my ladies and men come to me, it's usually like, oh my God, I had, three, I had a toxic marriage, two toxic boyfriends, can't figure out why. I'm frustrated. I'm afraid to get back out there because I might do it again. And that's usually, you know, when they come to me for their healing. So it's really important. First, we heal the childhood and love trauma. Um, they understand it. We do all the mindset work around it. Um, I do vitamin therapy, meditation, uh, using a 150-page workbook. So, I mean, it's not fluff course. It's very <laughs> intensive healing. Um, and it takes four to six months, but you've got these skills the rest of your life. And then part two is like, Okay, now you're going out to date. Let's pick somebody different who is emotionally healthy. What does that look like? What do you need to do differently? 
And by the time they go out dating, they feel like they are the whole package. They are emotionally and psychologically ready. And they know the art and science of attracting a great partner. And they can kindly say no to who's not good for them and say yes and move forward to those who is with confidence and empowerment. So it makes a big difference. It certainly does. And it's well worth that four to six month investment. I can really vouch for that, you know, having done that work on myself. It absolutely yeah. is a hundred percent, you know, and you are worth that investment. You know, we, we're quite often prepared to invest in things like new cars, you know, holidays and things like that. And, and spend for everybody else. Yeah. You know, we always take care of everyone else. That's yeah. what we take care of you now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such an important thing to reinforce. So Rihanna, what, what is your best contact information for any of our audience that'd like to get in touch with you? The best place to start is my website, and it's my name, RihannaMilne.com. So that's R-I-A-N-A-M-I-L-N-E.com. And on there, you can get my free book on how to have the love you deserve on the homepage. Under books, you can get the first 60 pages of my number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve and Live Beyond Your Dreams About the Mindset for Success. There's also four love quizzes on there for singles or couples. So find out how you're doing emotionally. The childhood trauma quiz is on there. Um, and my podcast, Lessons in Life and Love, um, on YouTube or any other podcast platform. My YouTube channel, I think, has 200 videos and audios. So I'm on every social media under Coach Rihanna Milne or Rihanna Milne. So come join me on social. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rihanna. So before we end and wrap up the uh episode any final words of advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we end yeah I just want to say it's time to create the life you desire and have the love you deserve don't wait you're worth it life is short and you know you don't want to live it in a state of unhappiness you know do something just take the first step super important excellent so thank you so much for your in very informative lists of um, all those childhood trauma signs and symptoms, which really I think will highlight to most people listening to this podcast why previously they may or may not have had um, healthy relationships. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today, Rihanna. Oh, you're welcome. It's happy to be here. I hope that was helpful for people. So that just leads me to say, listeners, Until next time, true love starts with opening our hearts and goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts dash entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.